For you guys that don't know, and I don't know where you've been, that is a song by Tyler Childers. And uh, here's your water. There you go. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. So that song, there's so much truth in that song. Uh, things that stack against you, things that happen in life. And, and even that last part, and we're not going to get into it, but there's this line where he goes, keep in, man that, that, keep in mind that man is just as good as his word. It takes twice as long to build bridges you've burned. And there's hurt in this world time alone cannot heal. Like that's a sermon like in itself. I mean, we, we all have to be aware of that. But so where we've been last week and into this week is we're doing this best laid plan series. And this series is based around the idea that we all have plans that we put into place, uh, ideas of what we'd like our life to look like, ideas of like we would like to be and things we'd like to happen. But then there's squirrels. And squirrels, what's fascinating about squirrels is squirrels make a lot of plans. And what you know right now, if you live where I live, is that right now squirrels are collecting nuts and seeds and they're planning to plant them in the ground somewhere so that after the winter they have a place to go and get their nuts and seeds. But what we found out last week, which is fascinating, is 74% of the time squirrels forget where they planted their nuts and seeds. 74%. So they have this, this plan. It sounds like a good plan. We're going to store these things away for the winter and all of these things. 74% of the time, they can't find them. And the question was, do sometimes we feel like squirrels? That we have all of these plans, all of these ideas, all of these things we'd like to see happen, but a majority of the time, it doesn't work out the way that we had hoped. So I gave you a cheat sheet last week, and I hope you guys remember this, of things in your life that you have no control over. And here they are. They're real simple. It is the past. I think there's a slide. The past. Maybe there's not. Other people. You can't control the slides. The past. Other people. Outside circumstances. And other people's responses. You have no control over these things. None. And how much time, effort, and energy do we put in trying to control those things? And how frustrated do we get when we can't control those things? The good news is you do have control over two things, all right? And these are the two things you can control, you and your response. You can control those things. Now, it's true that, as Tyler said, that there's ways of this world that can bring you to tears. And we've talked about that a lot over the years. And it can be hard. Life can be hard. And many of you have faced a lot of hardships in your lives. Things that have attempted to hold you back. And this is true. But as I was thinking about this song and thinking about this message and where we wanted to go with this idea of when things don't work out the way that we hoped or when things come up that we don't like or don't want to have to do, I want to give you a new perspective, one that's just as uncomfortable for me as it's going to be for you. So in that song, it's a father telling a son how to get to where he needs to be and to learn from the father's own mistakes. And his response in the song, Tyler Childers, is that, you know, life is hard, which is true, and there's a lot in this world. But then there's this last part, and it's the realization of what happens when you don't work through that stuff, that you can cause a lot of hurt and pain, not only for yourself, but for others. So here's what I want to say, and most of you guys relate to this. There's always a reason we can't fill in the blank. There's always a reason you can't, what is it? There's always a reason you can't be the person you should be, be the spouse that you should be. There's always a reason you can't be there on time. There's always a reason you can't do that. There's always a reason. But if push came to shove and we were honest with ourselves, what we may discover is that sometimes these reasons that we come up with, they're really just excuses, right? 
Sometimes we trick ourselves into believing that the reason we can't do certain things, we can't achieve certain things, we can't become certain types of people, and we have all of these reasons, but they're really just excuses. Excuses we use to justify our behavior, our life, and our choices. Now, excuses are present in all of our lives. In fact, excuses have become making so common every day, it's just routine. And when we experience things in life we don't like, or we get invited to things we don't want to be a part of, or whatever it is, they, they begin to shape our mindset, and we begin to make excuses. Now, some of these are innocent in and of itself. You don't want to be somewhere, you just make an excuse. I, I can't be there. I can't come to work because my grandpa died. Well, hasn't your grandpa died five times now? Like, you know, is it there's a pattern there? You can't do it. But sometimes in the harder things in life, we continue to make excuses for why we don't grow as human beings. If we only had had such a bad childhood, if my parents hadn't been, or if I hadn't had that mean teacher or that unfair boss or that cold-hearted spouse, then we would be much further along in life. We come up with excuses. Now, the thing about this is true is that it's so easy to see in other people, right? We hate when other people make excuses that we know are just that, excuses. Sometimes excuses are people just not wanting to own up to things. Sometimes it's excuses are just ways people use to get out of things. But we all have excuses. We always have becauses, right? Well, why don't you? Well, because. Why haven't you? Well, because. Why do you keep doing that? Well, you know, why don't you start? Well, because. Why don't you stop? Because. Why don't you just forgive her? Well, because, you know, why don't you quit? Well, you know, because, why did you say that? Well, because, 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 because. Now, let me ask you, what do you say to someone when they're presented with something and, and they give you an excuse and you know it's just an excuse? What, what do you say to that person, right? What do we say to our children, right? You're just making excuses, Stop making excuses. You're trying to pass off an excuse as a real reason why you're not doing something, why you're not becoming something, why you're not being where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be. Implication, when we say you're making excuse, you know what we're really saying to that person? You're just making something up. You're lying. You're not telling the truth. And so what happens so many times is we create in our mind this justification this reason, but all we're really doing is dressing up an excuse. Now, the pushback on this is, and it's my pushback. Well, the reason we have these excuses is because of what? Again, it's just another excuse. Many of us believe these narratives that have been told about us, right? We, 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 we become a certain type of people. We do certain things. We fall into certain behaviors because of something someone told you, because of something someone called you, because of something you were labeled in your past, and it kind of becomes your identity. It becomes this narrative about yourself, and you start making all these excuses. Now, there's three areas where when I was kind of looking into this about excuses, and by the way, if you, if you want to know, we all hate people that make excuses, um, but if you want to know, there's a lot of real psychology being done today about why people make excuses. And here was what, what I kind of learned. There's three kind of areas that tend to form our narratives that we believe about ourselves, but also lead to decisions we make when it guards other people. And here are the three kind of areas. The first one is this, where you are from. Sometimes, depending on where we are from, 
We, we, we kind of believe certain things about ourselves or what we can become or what we can do. What you've experienced in life. Did you know, this is a news flash for some of you, did you know that not everybody's experienced life the same way that you have? Right? Did you know that? And, and, and so sometimes people are the way they are because of stuff they've experienced. Sometimes it's the realization that you are the way you are because of things you've experienced. And then the last one, and our poor old parents, based on how you were raised. A lot of the behavior, a lot of the excuses we make in life are because of things that happened to us when we were kids and how we were raised. Now, the dangerous side of this is, is this. Sometimes we make excuses to defend certain behaviors, reactions, and overreactions. Do you know anybody that overreacts to everything? Don't elbow them, right? Now, there's probably a reason that they do that. Do you know somebody that's mad all the time like that, right? Oh, well, there's probably a reason. And, and given time, they'll tell you those reasons, right? They'll tell you the excuses for why they do this, why they overreact, why they respond this way, why they can't get it together. They'll come up with some type of excuse, now, the other dangerous side of excuses is this. The root of an excuse we use is always blaming something internal on something external. Let me say that again in case you missed it. The root of excuses is always blaming something that's actually internal on something external. H have you noticed that when we come up with excuses, it's never our fault? It's never us. It's always something external that's led us to be this way, or it's always something external as to why we're making this excuse. There's actually a lot of this in the Bible, if you've read it. Um, Jesus talks a lot about excuses, and a lot of people give Jesus excuses. In fact, there's sometimes where Jesus, when people give him excuses, um, he's not very Christ-like when they give him excuses. He didn't even like excuses, right? Now, there's this one parable that he tells, and it's actually pretty fascinating, and he talks about this idea that God, is, this God figure, becomes this master in this story, and he has three servants, and in this story, he gives these three servants talents, okay? He, and when he says talents, it's not like America's got talent. Like, it represents, like, some type of ability, some type of thing that you can do to invest in the world to make your life better, and so he gives these three guys three sets of talents. Now, he also gives them different amounts of talent which is an important thing to realize that not everybody's been given the same amount of, of whatever. Life is different. We've all experienced life different. So in this story, these first two guys, they go out and they take the, the, whatever the, the master's given them and they go and they invest it and they go and they use it and, and they do something with it. Now, just so you know, in case you can't understand the parable, um, the talent represents your life and what you've been given. The master here represents God. So the first two people, they take whatever God has given them, the life and the opportunity that he's given them, and they do something with it. The last person, okay, when it comes to come to say, hey, what you did with this talent, uh, what we find out is he didn't do anything with it. In fact, the story says that he went and he buried it in the ground. And what's fascinating about the story is when the master asks him, well, why did you do that? His response is, I knew you were a harsh master. 
I, I knew that you were like this, and so I didn't want to take a chance on not being able to give you back what you've given me, and so I went and I buried it. And you know what he's saying in, in this parable? It's not my fault. It's actually your fault because, see, I'm scared of you. I'm afraid of you. I know the way that you are, and so the reason I wasted my life, the reason I wasted my talent is not because of me. It's actually because of you. Isn't it always so much easier to deflect, to believe that it's something wrong with everybody else and it's not ever wrong with you? You decide it's not you, it's something out there. It's somebody out there. And the moment that we decide that our problem, especially when it comes to putting things off that we know we should be focusing on, the moment we decide it's something out there, we begin constructing a wall of excuses. And we think we're protecting ourselves by doing this, but we're actually doing the exact opposite. Did you know that when you live a life filled with always making excuses, you're not only hurting those around you, you're often hurting yourself. So here's what I've learned. And I'm not the smartest tool in the shed. Um, sharpest, it's sharpest, not smartest. See, I just gave you a great example of that. But there is a relationship between your ability, not your willingness. And we've talked about this before. Intentions are great. Intentions do nothing sometimes. There is a relationship between your ability, not your willingness to follow Jesus, but also to become the person you could and should become. Okay, There is a relationship between your ability to do that and your willingness to push through your excuses. And to call your excuses out for what they actually are. Some of us know people whose excuses have become the master of their life. Do you know someone, and again, don't elbow them, do you know someone who always has an excuse for why they don't do what they should do? Always has an excuse for why they're not where they're supposed to be. Always has an excuse for why their life hasn't gotten together the way that it is. Always has an excuse for the behavior that they put on display that not only hurts them, but also hurts the people around you. Do you know somebody who it's never their fault? And it's because they've allowed excuses to become their master. They just have. You can't do that. You shouldn't try that. You shouldn't try that again. You should not talk to them. You should not apologize you can actually let all of your excuses of why you shouldn't do things become the master in your life. But here's what we have to understand about excuses, and here's why we're talking about this. Did you know that most of the time, most of the excuses we make, they're just lies, aren't they? Aren't they? You ever told somebody an excuse of why you couldn't be somewhere and you knew you're just lying? Have you ever made an excuse of why you couldn't do something in your life that probably needed to be done? And deep down inside, you knew with a little bit of effort, you probably actually could make that work. But you're lying. You're making things up. And I want to be fair. I'm fully aware that there's reasons we make things up. There's reasons that sometimes we feel like we have to give excuses. 
There's reasons why we feel like we have to give an excuse. But why would you deceive yourself and not be honest with yourself and just call it what it is? Now, regardless of the reason that so many of us make excuses for different things in our life, specifically about not becoming the type of person that we could become and that God wants us to become, regardless of why we make excuses, here's what I don't want. I don't want any of us, me included, to get to the end of our life and think, good grief, I spent my whole life behind this stupid wall of excuses, and it's held me back from the life and the health and the joy-filled relationships you could have had. But you didn't have that because you just kept making excuses. There, there's this book in the Bible called Hebrews. It's not really a book. It's actually a sermon that got written down, and now we call it a book because it's in the Bible, and a, the Bible is a collection of books. Now, in this book, the author is writing to a Jewish audience, and, and it's Jewish Christians um, who are having the difficult time, and they're thinking about quitting on Jesus. And, and, and they're actually even kind of giving reasons and excuses as to why they should stop following Jesus. They've hit some bumps. Life is hard. Things aren't going the way that they had planned or the way that they'd hoped. They had these great plans, but it's not working out. And and so they're thinking about quitting. And their temptation, and our temptation is always when things get difficult or uncomfortable or just something we don't want to do, we come up with reasons that we can't do it anymore. And sometimes those reasons are really just excuses, aren't they? And in the midst of this conversation, in the midst of this, this sermon that this person is giving to these Jewish Christians in this area, he, he gives them this thing and he gives them this kind of idea and he kind of paints a picture for them of what it would look like if they didn't give up, but he kind of gives them this handle. And he says this, he's saying in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, he goes, I know you got your reasons for why you're quitting, but here's what he says in Hebrews chapter 12. He says, let us throw off everything that hinders, all right? So the, the terminology here is, and the illustration he's using is, is talking kind of like about sports. He's talking about running specifically. And the idea is that you, you want to throw off everything that hinders you from running. Now, I'm a runner. I know that some of you might be runners or you've thought about runners, but you have excuses for why you can't run. You know, so I get that again. Um, but, but here's the thing. So when you go to run a race, you want the least amount of things that can hold you back. A giant poofy jacket is not going to help you at all, right? You, you want to wear, and that's why our runners and cyclists, we wear the most ridiculous outfits, right? It's because we want to strip away everything that could hold us back, that could keep us from running the race. And so he says, let us throw off everything that hinders. Anything that could be an encumbrance, rid yourself of anything that could trip you up in life. Throw off everything that hinders, So when you think about the life that you want to live and the person that you want to become and the marriage you want to have and the relationship with your kids that you want to have, you need to throw off everything that's going to hinder you from being able to have that relationship and to be that person. And he says, so let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin. Now, here's the part that we don't like. Now, I'm going to be real specific about what Jesus says is and isn't sin. Jesus never, and you can look this up if you don't believe me, Jesus never gives us these five things are sins and these things aren't. He never gives us a list of all of these things. He's very consistent when Jesus is here as to what a sin is. Do you know what the definition for sin is for Jesus? Sin was anything that hurt someone. And sin was anything that hurt you. 
Which makes sense, because if God so loved the world and Jesus is the best example of God that we have, he doesn't want the people of the world to hurt each other and to hurt themselves. So anything that hurts a person is a sin, right? And anything that hurts you is a sin. We've already established that if we're really honest, sometimes the excuses we give to others, but maybe even more importantly, the excuses we give to ourselves are really just lies. Lying is a sin. And do you know why lying is a sin? Lying is a sin because it breaks a relationship. See, when we were kids, if our parents would have told us, well, you don't lie. Well, why not? Because I get what I want when I lie. No, the reason you don't lie is because lying breaks a relationship. Lying breaks trust. Lying hurts the other person. Most of us, if we're honest, our excuses are just lies. Too harsh? That you're a liar and I'm a liar? Okay. Sometimes when we give excuses, we aren't telling the whole truth. Does that make you feel better about yourself? Right? Because if it, that's what you need, you're probably lying to yourself already. Lying is a sin and lying to yourself is a sin because lying to yourself hurts yourself. And if we aren't honest, isn't some of our excuses really just a lie we tell ourselves about ourselves to make ourselves feel better about ourselves? So when the author says, I want you to get rid of anything that's going to hold you back, anything that's going to stop you from running the race you're supposed to run, anything and any sin that entangles you, this includes lying to yourself. Because when you lie to yourself, you hurt yourself. And sometimes you have to be honest and say, I've been calling all of these things reasons why I can't, why I haven't, why I couldn't. But in reality, there's excuses. And some of those excuses are just lies that we tell ourselves. So he goes on to say, throw off everything that hinders you and the sin that so easily entangles you, which is an interesting idea in scripture. Did you know that there's sins that are pretty obvious? It's things that hurt you and hurt other people, but there's often also things that actually hinder you from being the person that you should and could become. That aren't necessarily a sin, they're just not a good idea. In other words, if we throw off everything that hinders and we throw off the sin that entangles, here's what he's saying. No more excuses. Stop giving excuses. You know the race, you know what you need to do, so do it. And he says, if you do this, you're going to be free to run the race that's marked out for you. You're going to be able to endure the race that's marked out for you. And here's why this is important. Now, whether you're religious or not, I know some of us are still figuring this out and trying to understand this thing, but the idea in the, in the Christian worldview is that God has a plan for us. God has an idea for us. God has best laid plans for our life. God has best laid plans for what humans can actually become. And so when you allow things to trip you up, when you allow things to hold you back, when you make excuses for why you can't run this race, and you're hurting yourself. And let's be honest to ourselves, if you can lie to yourself the rest of the day, but in this moment, just be honest with yourself, and I'll be honest with myself, some of us are not running the race we could and should be running, are we? And our excuses might be what's holding us 
back. Now, the next thing he's going to say, I want to tell you what he says in kind of plainer English so you understand this before I show you what he says. But this is a huge idea. His next words are going to be this. So you've got this race that you need to run. You've got these things that are hindering you back. The, life repre- the race represents your life. These things that are hindering you back are, are these sins, maybe these excuses we keep making about why we can't be the person we should be and run the race that we should. And, and here's what he says. He says, you need to quit focusing only on yourself, which is not easy in our culture, is it? Because we live in a culture where we make everything about Ourself. The Bible talks about we need to put the needs of others first because at the end of the day, if you only focus on yourself, at the end of it, you only have yourself to show. And if we're honest, sometimes when we make excuses, it's because we're only focused on ourselves. We don't care how our excuses hurt people, what they do to people, how they break relationships. And sometimes, which is really crazy, we don't think about how they hurt us. And so we're focusing on ourselves when we make excuses, but we're not focusing on the healthy version of ourselves that we could become. Here's a harsh reality. Have you noticed that people who always make excuses rarely make much of a difference? Psychology Today says this. Excuse makers risk being seen as deceptive, self-absorbed, and ineffectual. They are viewed as unreliable social participants with flawed character. Does that sound like anybody that you know? Excuses often make you small. They make you self-absorbed. They rob other people of the best potential, not only in themselves, but also of you. And you may always agree with this, okay? You might agree with my next statement. We don't want to admit it because we don't like this word, but maybe we should start admitting a little bit more that excuses are often just selfishness. Nobody wants to be defined by that. Nobody wants to say that. And so, if you were Jesus, and you knew all of the pain and the heartache and all of this that could be caused by this, what would you say? What would you do? If you're the writer of Hebrews, and you don't want people to get hurt what would you say? So here's what he says, all together. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. His understanding is if you want to run the best race possible, then you have to have the right source to look at. And he believes that this right source is fixing our eyes on Jesus. And he's not the only one. Tyler Childers agrees. What does he say? Keep the Lord in your heart and you'll have nothing to fear. Live the best that you can and don't lie and don't steal. And don't lie to yourself. When you are looking at Jesus, are you ready for this? When you're focused and fixed on Jesus, what that causes you to do is look away from your excuses, look away from your fears, look away from the lack of opportunity, the lack of resources, the failure in your past, maybe even the disability that you felt along the way. When you have your eyes focused on Jesus, you can't be looking at all that other stuff. When you choose to follow Jesus, you'll eventually have to stop manufacturing excuses. 
if you really decide to follow Jesus, Jesus will lead you through this. And if you follow Jesus, you will eventually have to stop manufacturing excuses because you'll eventually have to stop lying to the people around you and lying to yourself. And the reason you'll stop doing that is because it hurts you and it hurts them. And Jesus said, do you know what sin is? Sin is when you hurt other people and you hurt yourself. One last thought. In that text, it says, such a great cloud of witnesses. What's interesting, if you flip back just one more chapter to Hebrews chapter 11, what happens in in that chapter before is it gives a list of people. People that had every excuse not to do something. People that had every excuse not to become the person. I mean, if you go back and you flip back a chapter, these people, and the, the writer, he lists all of the obstacles, all of the reasons, all of the excuses they could have given not to do what they should do, what the right thing was to do, and given every reason of why they couldn't become the person that we know them to become. They had every excuse, and you know what? They still did it. Have you ever noticed that sometimes the people that do the most good in the world are the people that have the most reasons not to? I mean, the most inspiring stories are they actually had real reasons, not excuses. They had real reasons, and they still accomplished what they did in the world. They took what they had, and they did something with it. They did something in the relationships around them, in the people around them. They took the talents that had been given to them and they didn't bury them in the ground because they thought God might be angry at them or mad at them. They didn't deflect. No, they they said, you know what? We have this opportunity. Let's do something with it. Again, there isn't a relationship between your ability to run a race and your willing, not your willingness, but your ability to push through, to push through the excuses, to call them out for what they actually are. And for those of us who are Jesus followers, there's a relationship between our ability, not our willingness, our ability to follow Jesus and our willingness to to acknowledge an excuse for what it really is. An excuse is something that hinders you from running the race that God has planned for you. An excuse is a hindrance from being the person that you could become. An excuse is is a hindrance from being the husband and the father and the boss and the neighbor and the friend that you could become. An excuse hinders us from running the race. We all have plans and life is hard and there's things that's going to come up. But don't let an excuse be the thing that keeps you from the plans that God has for you. Let's pray.